You know, it's, it's amazing that every one of us in this room this morning is a product of the house we grew up in. Woo. Some of you came from broken homes, broken marriages, broken relationships. Some of you know what it's like to watch your parents OD. Some of you know what it's like to watch your parents pray. Some of you know what it's like to have plenty. Some of you know what it's like to not have anything at all. And as we were singing this song this morning, the Spirit of God began to prick my heart on the fact that we are raising spiritual children in a house of miracles. And it was pricked upon my heart this morning to understand the significance that every time we gather, we are raising up spiritual children that can understand the house that they come from. My God, here, woo! What did the prodigal say when he was laying there in that hog trough? He said, in my father's house. See, when he got in a predicament that wasn't conducive to his identity, he knew he didn't belong there, but he also knew where he could go. I say, God, give us a house. That when they're prodigals, when they're backslidden, when they're far away from God, they can come to themselves and say, I got to get to Dominion Church because in my father's house there's bread. In my father's house. I want to be a church that we still believe he's working. That we may not have natural Red Seas, but there are spiritual ones. That we may not have a real Pharaoh, but there is a spiritual one. That we may not, come on somebody. I want to be a house that understands that we serve a God of the miraculous. We will never, we will never, we will never back up on the message that our God is still a miracle working God. We will not recant the fact that blinded eyes are open, that deaf ears hear, that cancer is killed in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we believe it. Yes, we believe it. Yes, we believe it. Spirit of the living God, we thank you this morning that you are here, you are moving. You are on our hearts. You are infiltrating our mind, God. As we lift up our worship to you, God, we pray that the aroma of our praise becomes a flag of surrender for you to sit down in this place. God, we thank you today that your anointing is present to shatter yokes and destroy heavy burdens. Father, we thank you today that there is peace upon every home that is represented in this house today. Father, we thank you today that as we would gather, we would not gather in our name or in our even own accord, but Father, we would gather in one accord and we would gather in the name above every name, the name that is given by which men can be saved. We gather today in the name of Jesus, knowing that if we gather in that name, you are in our midst. God, we don't want to do it without you. So as we gather today, we thank you, Father, for the spirit of the living Christ that is alive among us, that you are not a God that is sought for. You are a God that is here. Father, so we open our ears, we open our eyes to see you, to hear you, to encounter you, that we can leave today never the same in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want you to be seated all over the house. Slap somebody and tell them, it's good to see you. Now look back at them and say, why'd you slap me then? (laughs) It's good to see you. 
Hallelujah. Last week, we were concluding a series that God began to birth something in me last week. I really had no idea of until this week when I just got silent and quiet before the Lord. How many of you enjoyed the change series? For real, don't lie, you're in church. Amen. True change only happens in Jesus. He is the element of change, but when we allow him in every area of our life, then God can begin to change every area of our life. And so, but last week I began to close out the change series with this statement that in order to break the cycle, sometimes we need to understand that God needs to break our circle. And I didn't understand the significance of that message. I really didn't. Sometimes, you know, I see through the glass dimly. And so I begin to speak and see a thing that that, though it's distant, God then begins to bring those things nearer. And I realized this week as the wind got behind the word, I had so many people contacting me and just saying, man, you don't understand like that word. Like it began to just change my life. Like I really began, my God, I'm t- I feel the spirit of God in it right now. I began to evaluate my circle. And I realized that I wasn't going where I was supposed to go, not because God didn't call me, but because of who I was connected to. And I'm going to be honest with you. I am not a preacher that preaches about people. I'll be honest, I can't stand hater preachers. I can't. Because I ain't got no hater. Truth be told, my haters are motivators. Judas ate too. In other words, like, let me just give a disclosure. I'm not one of these preachers that preaches about people from the pulpit. Because my, my problem ain't in people, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. And the truth be told is Judas served a purpose. I, you don't know, being, being in ministry, I had people, I, prophetic people, whatever, pathetic people come to me. I tell you, they Judas, you need to watch them. I'm like, that's good, bro. Guess, guess what? Judas hangs himself. Let him hang around and he will hang himself. You ain't got to deal with Judas. Judas will deal with himself. She's a Jezebel. Well, guess what? Where there's a Jezebel, there's a Jahab that will throw her over and she will splatter and the dogs will lick. Come on, somebody. I read my whole Bible, not just the hater version. Anyways, I just want to teach today, Lord. And so for me to come this morning now after this week and begin to launch a series that I'm going to tell you is totally directed at people. I wrestled with myself this week because of the fact that I don't ever want to take it and make it feel like I'm beating people up with it. I believe my job as a preacher is to win people to the Lord. But you do need to understand, and I need to be able to be raw in this room over the next couple of weeks to understand that some of you are not accelerating in the purpose that God has called you to simply because of who you're connected to. Some of you are really hungry for God, but the problem is, is you got some real thirsty friends. And they're sucking life out of you while God is trying to pour anointing in you. Let me tell you something. One of the, my God, this ain't, let's go, Jesus. One of the most detrimental things to the life of a believer is to get around what I call oil leeches. These are people that can recognize the anointing, that can see the favor of the anointing, they can feel the anointing that is on your life. And the only reason why they want to connect to you is to suck the oil out of you. They will leave you dry while they walk on lubricated. So I'm entitling this series Rated R. And the reason why is because I believe that we need to get raw and we need to get real about the relationships that we have. 
So I'm telling you this. Put it on a disclosure. I'm coming for your friends list. I'm coming for your friends list. Because I am sick and tired of seeing men of God and women of God that are captivated by the people that they have connected to that don't care where you're going, don't care about you getting there, and they want to pull on you, and they want to subdue you, and they want to assassinate you. Some of y'all been sitting your head in the lap of Delilah, and I came to tell Samson this morning, you got to get up. 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 Mmm. So I'm going to bring some scriptures back that I use to close out, change, cycle breakers. I want to bring those scriptures back. I'm going to share a couple of them. Stand with me for the reverence of reading God's word, Proverbs 13, 20. I know some of y'all feel like you're in the Catholic church this morning. That's good. Up and down. Up and down. <laughs> People say, what kind of church are y'all? I say, we a church of all kinds. We got Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic. And when we up and down, the Catholics are like, I feel right at home. Glory to God. <laughs> Proverbs 13 and 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. But associate with fools and get in trouble. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. It says, and do not be misled. The bad company corrupts. I want to stop before I go on to that again, and I want you to understand one thing that I will be significantly pushing in this series is the word character. Everyone say character. Watch this. It, said, it did not say, do not be misled, that bad company corrupts good motives, good personality, and good feelings. Because all of those things are not substantial. But I believe that in this hour, what God has really got his finger on in the house of God is something called character. And what is character? Character is what we do when nobody's watching. I'll tell you that God's spirit has been heavy on my character. Come on, somebody. God's spirit has been heavy on my character. Search my heart, O oh God, and see if there's any unclean thing within me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. 1 Corinthians 15.33, though, in a translation that I know is going to slap some of y'all as it needs to because some of y'all didn't catch it. In the NIV version, you need to catch it in the CEV version that says this. Read it with me and we're going to pray. Don't fool yourselves. Bad friends will destroy you. Somebody say, my relationships matter. matter. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that today, God, that you determine our footsteps. But God, that we have to be careful in whom we walk them with. God, as we take steps today towards your word, we are thankful that you will highlight God Jonathan's in our spirit. But God, you will also highlight Judas's in our spirit. God, you will deal with us how to deal with people in which we connect ourselves to. God, help us not to encamp ourselves in a circle that is desiring to assassinate us when there is a full willing circle that wants to see us anointed. God, we thank you. We love you. and We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, somebody say, rated R. Amen. You may be seated all over the house. We're starting a new series today that I'm very excited about, but it seems to be something that's so very little talked about in the church. But in the series that I've titled Entitled Rated R, the reason why is simply because the material which I'm going to speak and share with you seems almost restricted in the church. 
for some reason in the church, we don't want to talk about certain uh, relationships. We don't want to talk about certain levels of relationship. Can I tell you that the reason why I believe the marriages are the worst in the church is because we don't talk about marriage in church. And he said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. In other words, they're doing it because they don't know that they shouldn't be doing it, but there's no watchman on the, boy, on the wall to tell them, hey, don't do that. Like if you married, you shouldn't be watching porn with your spouse. See, you didn't know that until I just told you that, but you're inviting demonic spirits of lust into your bedroom, and then you're asking, my God, we ain't going there right now. Don't worry, stick around in the series and we'll come for your friends list. And maybe even your Netflix list and your HBO late at night, show max, skin max, whatever you want to call it. We're going to get restricted, y'all. I'm telling you, nursery is open. There is a phenomenal Kingdom Kids facility. This is adults, church, and we're going to talk like adults. <laughs> See, I believe if you'll catch the revelation and what I desire to teach, I'm going to share with you and help you to better structure your circle that will set you up for what God's calling you to. One of the fundamental things that God spoke to me this year, coming into this year, is he told me, he said, build your team. And so I knew, and I'm thankful that as an apostolic house, we have multiple fivefold giftings, but under those fivefold giftings, I know that there are many facilitators. There are many agitators. Come on, people. There are people that are shifters and movers and makers. There are people that will make things happen. And so God, I began to highlight me in me this year. He said, build your team, because this is what I understand, that it's not necessarily who I am, but it's also who I'm connected to. And some of you, listen to me, some of you are not all that God has called you to be, simply because of what you have connected yourself to and you 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 serving God with one hand but you hold it on to the devil and his destiny with the other hand and God sent me this morning to help you to break free from the things that are dragging you down somebody just got scared I just watched like five kids leave to go to kids church they said oh no y'all got to get out of here today you got to go spoiler alert though you're not going anywhere in God without people. Here's another spoiler alert though. If you've got people, you've got problems. If you've got people in your life, you've got problems. Do you understand that the Bible is a consistency of 66 books structured and slung through time, uh, uh, dynamically orchestrated by the inspiring of the Holy Spirit that breathed upon men to scribe upon the pages and women in regards to their stories, their testimonies. But here's the incredible thing. It is a book about people that were willing and able to be used by God. It was some in singular, but then it was some in tribe. It was some in family. Then it was some in nations. And then it was some in the whole world. So we realize that God is the God of people. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of Israel. He's the God of America. He's the God of Kyle Meyer. He's the God of Dominion Church. He is a God of people. So if God is a God of people, then we have to be consistent and we have to be conscious in what and who we allow into our life. The Bible is clear that in the account of Genesis that it said that God created man. And when he created him, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Amen. Jamie and I began to watch a show this last week. 
uh, entitled alone. And it's about 10 people that they take and they put them on islands and they got to live off the land. Like they're allowed to take 10 items with them and they got to live. And Jamie was talking, she's joking, but she's telling the truth and she's not really joking. She just says things with a smile on her face to make you think she's joking, but she's really telling you the truth. And she said, I could do that. I could do that show. She's like, now the problem is <laughs> I couldn't eat anything, but I would love to be alone. And some of y'all can say amen. Like, hey, I just love to get away from people because 99% of my problems come from people. You know, there's a truth of that. But it's the reason why the enemy isolates to annihilate. That's what he wants to do. God said it's not good for man to be alone, but what we do is we become convinced that if I can just get alone, then everything will be all right. But watch this, watch this. Every person in this room under the sound of my voice that has walked through some kind of trauma, hurt, rejection, or pain, it's safe for me to assume that it was not inflicted by a thing. It was caused by a person. If every person under the sound of my voice that has some sort of pain, trauma, hurt, trial in your life was caused by a person, then why would it not be safe to assume that maybe the church should talk about people a little bit more? Maybe the church should be a little bit more intentional to talk to us about our relationships so that we can maybe be protected from some of the hurt. See, my message this morning, I'm going to help you begin to rate. I'm going to help you begin to categorize people. See, because there's some people that should be coming into your life and not everybody should have full access to your life. Oh, we're going to help some people in the Holy Ghost this morning. <laughs> some people belong on an island all by themselves. Nowhere near your circle, nowhere near your life. Y'all just be like, oh, come on up in here, drink tea with me, and let me tell you all my troubles. Don't let me get ahead of my message, my God. See, but here's my challenge this morning. What is the pain? Was it the person? But was it your inability to discern their access into your life? See, did, did, did you... <laughs> See, the truth is that some people can have full access, but some should have limited access, and some should have no access at all. And I wonder if the reason why some of us are encountering pain in our life is because we gave somebody that was full access, and if we would have discerned properly, God would have said they, have, they should have no access to your life. Mm. This last year, Jamie and I took Harper to the movies and we let her pick a movie and, you know, foolish me because I was like, yeah, we'll go watch the movie. And so she picked the movie and I never checked the rating. And so we go in the movie and it was a decent movie, but I was like sitting there and then all of a sudden they showed some things. I was like, nah, I don't like that. And then they said some things. I was like, oh, I don't really like that. And my skin was kind of crawling. And then when we got out of the movie, I realized that the rating of the movie was not suitable for its audience. And see, here's what I need you to understand. See, the rating would have told me what to expect. See, the rating was for the category and what it was suitable for. See, I believe the reason that many people get hurt, disappointed, betrayed is because relationships don't come with ratings. See, but we have to discern how to categorize people in our life. 
because what we're doing is we are putting false expectations on someone that is incapable of producing the results that we are expecting of. Sam Chan said that expectation is the breeding ground of disappointment. Some of you are mad. Some of you are disappointed. And it ain't that something's wrong with them. It's that you put an incapable rating and demand on their life when you expected them to stay long term, but they were a short term person and they got up and left your life. You were mad. But God said they were never designed to stay the full time. Mm. Mm. Because what we're doing is we are putting false expectations on somebody that is incapable of being able to deliver it. But see, I believe pain comes from not categorizing or rating our relationships properly. What am I talking about? Some people show up in your life and some are just short-term, some are mid-term, some are long-term, some are committed, and some are flight risk. So how do you get hurt? When something that was supposed to show up in your life short-term, you try to make a relationship out of it long-term, and the next thing that you know is God begins to nudge that person out of your life and you get mad because you're invested. You told them, I love you, and the next thing you know is they are leaving. My God, let me help somebody. See, you put love into that friendship or relationship and with God, and then, and then, and then God said, I sent them, but not to stay. See, and some of you are so disappointed in your hurt because you invested fully into somebody who was never fully invested into you. I'm trying to teach you to guard your heart this morning for out of it flow all the issues of life. The reason why we got messed up people is because we just allow our heart to be prostituted by people's emotives and initiatives and feelings and we just give our hearts away and then we're left broken. Mmm. Here's one thing I've learned in the ministry. Let me tell y'all something right now. That's, that's, that's you putting your big boots on because it's about to get deep up in here this morning. Don't you ever, don't you ever, don't you ever talk to me about church hurt. You want to know who's hurt most in the ministry? Leadership. You want, to, you want to talk about people that, 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 that bleed and cry and weep over the church. And then there's people that come and they get mad and they want to leave because somebody didn't shake their hand. Bro, you want to talk about real church hurt? No, y'all, no, y'all ain't ready for that. No, no, see, I, I, I'm talking about people that you poured into, people that you invested in, people that you blessed, people that you gave everything you got. When they didn't have a jacket, you took it off only for them to turn around, get on Facebook and talk about how, how much of a devil you are. Talk about how much they hate you. You want to talk about church hurt? Mm. See, here's the thing that I've learned in the ministry. People will come, people will stay, and people will leave. People that say they're going to stay, leave. And people that say they're just visiting, end up staying. See, but I've protected my heart because I understand that not everybody that shows up in my life has access to it. See, you've got to understand that when you're a person of influence, just because they are near you doesn't need to be, they need to be dear to you. Okay, it's about to get really real right here. 
I can love you, but that don't mean. I can love you because you tell me, well, in the church, we're supposed to love everybody. You're right. Every preacher, oh, we're supposed to love everybody. But just because I love you doesn't mean that I have to trust you. Not everybody gets my kids. Not everybody watches the Meyer children. Because while I may love you doesn't mean that I have to entrust my most precious possession into your care. Mm. <laughs> See, I'm just trying to help some of you this morning that think just because you got a thousand friend requests, you want everyone to be your friend. Let me help you a little further and understand that everybody that wants to be your friend don't need to be your friend. And everybody that wants to be be your baby in your bay. You don't need them in your bag. And you sure don't need them in your bed. Some of us got our categories so messed up that we go to work and we get mad and say, don't nobody want to be my friend. Spoiler alert, you don't go to a job to get friends, you go to a job to get paid. And you got your priorities messed up, you got your categories, you ain't properly rating these things. It's the reason why some of y'all sleeping with your friends. And then you want to cry when the relationship breaks apart because the thing is, is they were your friend. They were never meant to be your lover. I'm going to say it again. And why would they want to be your lover when they get in the goods anyways, baby, and ain't got to be committed to nothing? God will not bless sex outside of marriage, just so you know. Sex is a covenant thing. You want to know more about that? Stick around in the series because we're going to talk about it. <laughs> mm. here's a word you want a word I'm going to give you all a word some of y'all the most saved sanctified Holy Ghost filled thing you can do this year y'all ready for it the most saved I'm talking about knowing that the favor of God is on your life the most powerful thing y'all can do this year is stay single Y'all worried about a valentine, but Jesus is standing there saying, won't you be mine? The Bible says that God is love. We can't love people until we first know God. And some of y'all wonder why your love relationship's so screwed up. It's because your relationship here is screwed up. Watch this. The cross is both lateral and horizontal. When Jesus came and was nailed to the cross, he was nailed at a pinnacle point where God said, I'm going to restore this relationship so that these relationships... And a lot of us, we want these relationships fixed, but we don't want this relationship. You want a good marriage? Fix this relationship. You want to be a good daddy? Fix this relationship. I'm going to mess some of y'all up. You want a good sex life? Fix this relationship. Y'all don't want to talk about it. It's fine. 
you don't want to talk about it. See, if we were going to go around this room and ask everyone here what, 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 uh, what, what you're looking for in your friendships, you know, what's some things that you look for in your friendship? I literally thought about bringing people up here, but then I didn't want to expose nobody. So I just said, hey, I'll do it. What are you looking for in your friendships or relationships? You would begin to say things like this. Watch. Uh, I just want somebody. I just don't. I can't stand drama. So I want no drama in my life. <laughs> you would say things like, I just really want somebody that's like fun loving. Like I just want to be able to go and do and just have so much fun all the time. <laughs> you would say things like, I'm looking for someone that's exciting. I'm looking for someone that's funny. I just want to laugh. <laughs> but here's the problem. Every single one of those things on that list are items of personality and not a single one of them is about character. See, every one of them are personality traits. You can have someone that is funny but he can beat the crap out of you too. You can have someone that's exciting, but they're so exciting, they're looking for adventure all the time and your relationship ain't gonna be the only relationship. And see what we have is relationships without character. Why? Because I need somebody I can share my faults with. Can I tell y'all something incredibly powerful? Kyle David Meyer is far from perfect. And if you hang out with me long enough and if you get close enough to me, you'll begin to see my faults. That, that's why not everybody, that's why not every. watch this, watch this, watch this. Here you go. Some of y'all say, I just want somebody that's funny. And so you make friends with somebody that's funny, but here's the problem is you got faults. And now what they do is they begin to make fun of your faults. I don't need, I need somebody that I can be healthy with and faulty with and they still see the calling on my life. They still see the anointing. They ain't gonna make fun of it because it's established on character. Mm. See, Proverbs 31 tells you what to look for in a wife. Here's the amazing part. Every single character deals with character and not personality. Don't nothing in the Proverbs 31 woman talk about, she'll be funny. Nah, that chick gonna know how to pray, baby. She gonna shake heaven. She gonna get up early in the morning and more than fix breakfast, she gonna fix the glory. She's far more precious than rubies. Character. 1 Corinthians 13 tells you what to look for when you're looking for love. Here's the amazing part. None of it has to deal with feeling. Every bit of it has to deal with character. And yet in our culture, when we're looking for love, we're like, well, I don't know. I just, he don't make me feel the way I want to feel. 
No, nah, but you'll be more secure than you've ever been. You'll be more confident than you've ever been. Because where other men spoke down to you, he's going to speak up on you. He's going to rise up and call you beautiful. He's going to rise up and call you anointed. He's going to rise. He may not be the best man, but he'll be the best man that God has sent for you. Some of y'all looking for a six-pack here. Brother got a keg and he's disqualified. But that man, when he prays, heaven moves, baby. You better quit looking at the car he drives and start listening to the way he prays. All right, all right, all right, all right. I got to hurry along here. I'm just setting the ground rule for this series. We ain't even getting into it this morning, okay? What y'all doing church today? We talked about people. Oh, sounds like every other church I know. But through this series, my heart is to help your relationships and for you to learn in regards to your relationships. If you're taking notes, write these down. There's three things you got to do with some of y'all's relationships in this series going to do it. The first thing you got to do is you got to realize some relationships you need to initiate. Some you need to cultivate and some you need to eliminate. Watch this. Initiate. What does that mean? Simply means to pursue. Can I tell you that I have gotten where I have gotten in my life with the Lord, in my professional career, in my relationships, everywhere I've gotten. Watch this. How did I get there? I got there by people. Here's the amazing part, that God uses people for his plan to come to pass. Here's the problem. You have to discern what people you pass through. So the first thing that you have to do, initiate, pursue. You got to pursue. You got to learn to pursue. Watch this. There are some people that God highlights in our life, and it is in your best interest to pursue relationship with them. There are some people you need to be diligent in connecting to. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will highlight in you that they have something that you need. That there will be a key that they will be able to pass for you that doors can begin to unlock. I was talking to Christopher the other day. He was sharing with me about how, how he had a revelation, how uh, the gates of hell could be people as the windows of heaven are people. That God opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings. God uses people to pour out into our life. And what we have to realize is that some some things will not come into our life out of the wrong relationship that we have to be intentional to pursue godly relationships. All right, the second thing, cultivate. Here's a word for you. Some of you, you're going to realize, mm, some of you are going to realize that you have to cultivate some relationships. There are some relationships that you have just left be. And in the series, what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit's going to begin to stir in you. And he's going to begin to remind you about how your relationship was with that person. Watch this. The enemy assassinates relationships through offense. And what he will do is he will cause wedges to come in like warfare and begin to drive people apart. You, you don't believe me? Watch. In marriage, he'll use the toothpaste lid. He'll use the shower curtain. He will use the toilet seat. And all the, yeah, I'm preaching in the house this morning. Next thing you know, like, watch, watch, watch. Here we go. She coming through, right? She coming through. You up for work. She's like, mm, he left the toothpaste lid off again. He left the toilet seat up. He left the shower curtain open. Eight hours goes by. Bro comes home. He's been working hard all day because the man's got a job. 
Because a man that ain't got a job, you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> Some of y'all better stop carrying those brothers. He comes home. He comes home. Hi, hey, babe, how was your day? Fine. Okay, okay. Um, I was thinking, you know, maybe we could, you know, go out somewhere and eat. There. That's fine. I don't care. Wherever you want to go. What, what happened? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm just aggravated. I'm just aggravated. Go to the eat. Are you, are, are you, are you okay? Are, are everything all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. What, what happened? Go home, get in bed. You get under the covers. All of a sudden she snatches the covers. You roll over. Babe, babe, you are, I, I, I read about this. I've never seen this. I've just read about it. Babe. But I've never seen this personally. We've never experienced this. We've never experienced it. I read this in a book. I read it, a newspaper article. And it was like, babe, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Listen, something's going on. What's going on? Fine. You want to talk about it? Get up, flip the light. You left the toilet seat up. You left the toothbrush lit up. You left the shower curtain open. Then you got the nerve to ask me, do I want to go to dinner? Kill the mics! Kill the mics! Kill the mics! Kill the life. All right, let's let's do it from a man's point of view. You wanna do that? <laughs> How many women work and have kids? <laughs> All right, here's the woman coming in from work. Hey, honey. What's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible demonstration. Y'all give it up for her. Good job. What you will find is of, watch this, watch this. What you will find is how the enemy gets in is through offense. And what you will find is that there's some relationships that you need to cultivate. What does that mean? You need to rework the dirt. There are people that God connected you to, but because offense came, you began to walk for, away from them. And what God is saying is, listen, for you to go where you're going, you got to get over the offense. You got to work the dirt again because I called you to be together and not apart. Am I preaching to anybody in the house this morning? 
that what you will learn is you got to cultivate. There are some things in your life that will offend you. And when they offend you, you your first reaction is to get away from people. But God's saying, no, nah, I'm going to make you work through the offense because what you're called to, they're a part of it. Oh, y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord. Real quiet in the house of the Lord. But what you will realize is certain relationships that you were offended in, though it's little things that the enemy uses to drive wedges of warfare, God is saying you're going to have to learn to recultivate those relationships. The last thing is simply that you need to eliminate some. What am I talking about? Everybody say this. Pull out. Yeah. The most powerful thing that some of you can do in the relationships that you're in is you can simply eliminate them. Listen to me. Quit trying to be a savior and thinking that everybody is built to go with you. Everybody may want to ride, but can't everybody go? And so what you have to do is you have to be able to identify those people. Watch, and I'm going to help you identify those people. But you have to identify some of those people that, that some of you are pouring into and you don't need no job. You ain't got no issue. You ain't got no purpose pouring into them. The best thing for you to do would just be like, pull out of it. I can't do this anymore. All right. Some of you have been taught, though, by preachers, you know, that you got to love everybody. But you may love them, but just because you love them don't mean you got to trust them. Watch this, watch this. I'm going to share something with you. When I was going through a, a, a huge breach of trust in my life, in many areas of my life, marriage, ministry, home, friendship, everything. It was breach of trust, breach of trust, breach of trust, breach of trust. I had to go away for counseling. I was away at counseling. Uh, and while I was there, I was sitting on a couch. And while I was sitting there early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, I was sitting on a, on a couch drinking a cup of coffee. And I was sitting there and the scripture came to my mind that said this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not in your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. And as I was sitting there, I knew that scripture, but I did not know where it was in the Bible. Yeah, okay? This was like a year ago, okay? I'm just saying, like, I don't know where every scripture is. And I was sitting there, and again, it came to me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not in your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps. And while I'm sitting there on this couch, I look, and there is a book, a devotional, called Walking Through the Proverbs. I open the book, and when I open it, on the inside of the main cover is a scripture of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, that says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps. And it was there when I was sitting there in that moment that the Holy Spirit began to speak speak to me. And this is what he said. He said, Kyle, you have trust issues. And he took me back to when I was just a child, when I was a young child, 15, 16, 17 years old, and something happened in my home uh, that was a huge breach of trust between me and my dad. And, and, and anyways, in that moment, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit highlighted that. And this is the thing that he said to me. He said, here's your problem. You don't trust me. He said, because people have broken trust with you, you no longer trust me. I began to weep and cry. I said, oh my God, you're right. I don't trust you. I don't trust you, God. How can I be a messenger of you but yet not trust you? And God gave me something that was so freeing and was so empowering that day. He told me, he said, Kyle, he said, I'm not asking you to trust them, but I'm asking you to trust me. And it was in that moment, in that freeing moment that I was like, epiphany, I was like, oh my God. 
I'm good to go. Like I can go back into ministry. And when leaders that I thought that were sent to cover me try to kill me, I can say, hey, it's fine, bro. I don't trust you, but I still trust the Lord that all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes. That when friends become foes, it's all right, God, because I trust you. Watch this. The assignment of the enemy is to cause an offense not between you and people, but between you and the God of the people. That now all of a sudden after hurt and after trauma and after pain, you no longer trust God because things happen and all of a sudden you begin to distance yourself from the Lord. I'm telling you, that's a word for somebody here this morning. Matthew 7 and 16. This is the last final part of the teaching. I'm going to be done. says this, Matthew 7 and 16. I'm going to help you pick your friends. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Mm. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Here's your verse. Therefore, by their you will know them. Watch this. He's not talking about trees. He's talking about people. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Some of you need to understand that you've already seen who they are. <laughs> Your mama, she told you not to marry him because she saw who he was. Then you get in trouble, you three years married, and you complaining about how bad the marriage is. And, and mama sitting there telling you, I told you so. But if the real truth be told, you saw the fruit too. I don't know if it's quiet or convicting, preacher, but you preaching this morning, they quiet. But I think because it's convicting. You will know people by their fruit. So what did Jesus teach us? You don't have to tell me who you are. Your fruit will. Here's the amazing part about fruit. You just got to look at it. Let me help the ideology in the church that says we don't judge people. Nah, bro, you got the scripture twisted. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1 says, Judge not least you be judged. For the same measure in which you judge, you shall be judged. In other words, it's saying, hey, when you judge, just know the same measure you judge with, you're going to be judged with it. That's all it's saying. He didn't say don't judge. Just know in what measure you judge with, you're going to be measured back the same judgment. Watch this. So, so you don't have to tell me who you are. Your fruit will. And if you are that, you won't have to tell me. Because if you have to tell me, there's a good chance that you ain't it. Don't tell me you're faithful. Be faithful. Don't tell me you're nice. Just be nice. Don't tell me you're trustworthy. Show me that you are trusting. Red flag. Y'all ready? Red flag. Everyone stick your arm up and say, red flag. When they come into your life and they tell you who they are, 
I get so scared when people show up and they're like, I'm a prophet of the Lord. I'm like, bro, you better get back. Because you don't have to tell me who you are. Your fruit will show me who you are. Mm -hmm. People ask me all the time, what do you want me to, what, what do you want us to call you? Do you want me to call you apostle? Do you want me to call you pastor? Do you want me to call you late for dinner? I'm not going to tell you what to call me. Call me what you see. Call me what you see. Watch, watch, watch. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Matthew 10 and 41. Call me what you see. Call me what you see. Matthew 10 and 41 says that if we receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, we will receive a prophet's reward. Now watch this. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Hold on. A very powerful biblical principle that y'all need to catch. When you call them by what you see, you receive what they have. Watch, 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 watch. See, what do you call people? Watch, what do you rate people? Whatever you rate them determines the amount of access that they have in your life. I have people call me apostle, pastor, spiritual father, pioneer, revivalist, but understand this. You only get access to which that you're able to identify. Y'all real quiet. You're real quiet. You're real quiet. But you only get to re reap the reward of what you can see. So when you see the, the person, when you see the man of God, when you see the woman of God, and you receive them as such, then you open up yourself to be able to receive from them. Watch this. Some of you can't receive nothing from the anointed in your life because you fail to see the anointing. I don't get anything out of his preaching. It's because something has blocked you spiritually and you can't see what others see. So you can't receive what others receive. Watch, I'm going to prove it a little further. Genesis 2 and 19. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each of the living creature, that was his name. Do you see why it's so important? to properly identify what's near to you. Because what you name, it'll be. So when we get the ratios and the ratings wrong, we call friends lovers. We cause acquaintances spouse. They were sent short term, but we call them long term. They were meant to be for a little while, but we made them long-term. And then we wonder why there is pain, while there is frustration, while there is hurt. It's because we put a demand on something it was never intended to be. We named it something that God said it should never be named. But whatever you name it, that's what it's going to be. Mm. Watch this. So what kind of fruit are we looking for? I'll show you Galatians 5 and 22. 
Worship team, y'all can come on. Galatians 5 and 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, the who? The Spirit. Matthew 7 says that the tree bears fruit. A bad tree can't produce good fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit. So if the Spirit, watch this, I'm going to help y'all. Y'all want your relationship advice? You ready? The fruit of the Spirit. How do you know the Spirit is in that relationship? Because there will be love. There will be joy. There will be peace. But catch this, catch this. Because some of y'all thinking, oh, I done married the wrong person. Ain't none of that. Hold on. But there will be long suffering. So that means that I can have love, joy, peace and still be suffering. You know, in in marriage, they said there was three rings. The engagement ring, the wedding ring, then the suffering. Like, you gonna, you... You're going to suffer through some things. You want more on this series, I'll tell you more. But, but here, here's, here's something you need to understand. What if marriage wasn't for your happiness as much as it was your holiness? You want relationship advice? I'll give you some relationship advice. When I got, when I, before I got married, I was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Tongue talking, fire walking. Like I was on fire for God. I ain't said a cuss word in years, y'all. Years. Like I was, I was, I was, I was there. And I got married. I'm going to tell on me this morning. It's fine. I ain't making none of y'all tell on you. Next thing you know, six months into marriage, I'm walking through. I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking in a tongue. I'm talking in a tongue, but it ain't, it ain't no Holy Ghost tongue. I'm saying things I ain't said in years. Slamming doors, punching walls again. Come on, somebody. And what I found out was God was going to allow me to marry somebody to show me areas that still needed work in my life. Now watch this, watch this. So we work through the difficulties of marriage, and then what happens? About six years in, like, we're doing good. People coming to us for relationship advice. Like, we got it all figured out. Then we went and did something really stupid. We had one kid. We had another kid. We had another kid. Now all of a sudden, this dude that didn't used to get mad anymore, I was married and happy. Next thing you know, I'm walking back through the house, slamming doors, wanting to punch wall. And God said, I'm going to send something into your life to make you see that you're still not perfect and that in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. Somebody say it's rated R. It's rated R. It's rated R. Stand with me all over the house. There's three kinds of categories of relationships I'm going to throw to you real quick that you need to catch. The first is constituents. These are people that are there in your life that are there because they are for what you are for. They are not for you They are for what you are for. I need you to catch that. There will be people, constituents. What I'm helping you do is categorize people so that you don't put the wrong name on something that ain't supposed to be. There are constituents in your life. There are people that God will send in your life that are for what you're for. What are you talking about, preacher? Nehemiah. Nehemiah had a constituent and a king. 
He was in the area of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was in his presence, but he didn't go help him build the wall, but he gave him the resources. He was for what Nehemiah was for. Watch this. Nehemiah didn't stay in the king's throne room. He was there for a reason and a season, and then he went on to do what God called him to do. All right. Watch this. The next person is comrades. What are comrades? Comrades, y'all in the military would understand that term of camaraderie. Watch this. These people are against what you're against. So constituents are for what you're for, but comrades are against what you're against. So if there's something in me that I'm passionate about, I'm passionate against racism, I'm passionate against poverty, I'm passionate, and then all of a sudden God will send people of like mind that are passionate about it with you. But watch this, you're not called to marry them. You're called to go to war with them. And then there's the last one. The last one that you need to know is the confidants. There's constituents, there's comrades, and then there's confidants. Watch this. This is how you get messed up. Because confidants are the people that are into you. They love you. They love you whether you're the pastor or whether you're the bag boy at Piggly Wiggly. They love you for who you are, not for what you have. And when you go through trouble and you walk in their midst, They could be the busiest of people and they will stop doing what they're doing because they see you are hurting. A confidant is the people that are into you. Not the ones that are for what you're for. They're not against what you're against, but they are for you. Watch this. Woe unto you that call confidants what God said They're supposed to be constituents or comrades. How do we get into hurt? When we begin to confide in those that God never sent for us to confide in. My God, I'm going to help you. Why are some of you hurting this morning? I'll tell you why. God sent a comrade. God sent a constituent. And you thought they were a confidant. You began to confide in them your deepest, darkest secrets, your hurt, your pain, only for them to walk out of your life because they were sent short-term, not long-term, to help you establish what was meant to be established. And when they walked out, they turned around and took everybody you're hurt and began to use it against you. The church don't talk about it, but it's real. James 5 and 16 says this. Confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. Can I tell you this morning what God told me to tell you? He said, there's ones you're going to talk to this morning, they feel stuck. But the reason why you feel stuck is because you say, I have no one to talk to. Watch this. James 5 said this. Confession for my healing. Some of you can't get free because you've got nowhere to get it out to. My prayer for you in this season is that God sends you. Watch this. You don't need a hundred confidants. You don't need ten. You only need one. But here's the amazing thing. That I don't need to pray for God to send you a confidant when I know he's already sent one. The Bible says, and we have a friend. 
that sticks closer than a brother. That in every way we've been tried and tempted. And yet he failed not. He knows us since our mother's womb. He formed us. He fashioned us. He knew who we are. He knew what we were about. He knows what we love. He knows what we hate. But the Bible is clear that whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Some of you are circling your friends and saying, who can I run to? And Jesus is in this room this morning and he's saying, will you run to me I had some incredible revelation this week that I'm going to teach y'all next week that is going to pick up right from here about the ones that are stuck because God told me this I want to talk to you next week on boundaries but this is what he told me he said there are people that built walls because of people problems and hurt to protect themselves he said but the very walls they have built have become a prison that has kept their pain in next week walls are coming down people ain't just getting healed they're getting whole come on we're going to have godly relationships godly friends we're going to be able to identify who we need to identify for what God's called us to be every head bowed and every eye closed all over this room If you're here this morning and you need that friend, what a friend we have in Jesus. If you're here this morning, listen to me, and you need that friend, you need that friend. You need that friend. You're here this morning and you're saying, I need that person, preacher. That person you talked about that I can run to with my deepest, darkest secrets. The one that I can confess to. The one that when I'm not doing good, I can tell him because he already knows. The one that sticks closer than any family member. The one that will always pick up the phone when I call. The one that is there late in the midnight hour. The one that's there when everyone else walks away. The one that knows what betrayal is. The one that knows what hurt is. I want that friend if that's you this morning there's a friend request in this room and you have a choice right now to either confirm it or decline it for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life you're here this morning and he's saying I want to do life with you I want you to do life with me if you're here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, and you say, Preacher, I, I need to accept that friend request. I need that friend that you talk of. Will you raise your hand so I can see you? Thank you. Come on. Stick your hand up high. Honest shame. Come on. Put it up. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Put it up high. Honest shame. Come on. Hands going up. Come on. Hands are going up. Come on. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Come on. Yes. You're here this morning. You're saying, I need that friend.